Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au have your Bibles, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Wednesday night's going to be a great night. Bring your families along. I'm going to share uh, briefly. Uh, just got a couple of thoughts I really want to share. Um, and then we're just going to spend some time praying and seeking God together as a church. I'm convinced more than ever that the thing that we need to do more more than anything else I'm just reading a book at the moment on the power of corporate prayer and I'm just you know re-energized again by just the thought of how powerful the church is when people come together to pray and to seek his face and what can happen when we do that together as the church and you know as a leadership team where we're always planning and strategizing and thinking well what can we do and what what else can we do you know and we've got an amazing team with some amazing ideas but you know when it comes to the crunch the greatest thing we need to do is gather together as the church and pray and seek his face because historically if you look at history you will always see that when the church began to pray and seek God God began to move in a powerful way. So I want to encourage you to be here on, on Wednesday night. It's not optional. It's something we should all come together. We're going to seek God and cry out to God and, and just watch what God will do in your life and in our life together as a church. Matthew chapter 2, I want to read from verse 1, familiar passage of scripture. It says this from verse 1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Isn't it funny how a lot of people are disturbed about Jesus? Always want to stop what Jesus wants to do. When he had called together all the, people's, uh, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. People ask, well, why should I believe in the Bible? What, what, what makes the Bible? What makes Christ so real? Well, here it is right here. Here's a prophecy about Jesus that was prophesied hundreds of years before you can't get much more specific than this but you Bethlehem it's where Jesus was to be born then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out um, from them the exact time the star had appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search carefully for the child as soon as you find him report it to me so that I may go and worship him he says but that's not what he was intending to do after they had heard the king they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star they were overjoyed on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him and then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod they returned to their country by another route and so father we thank you for your word and I just thank you for the church. What a, what a great opportunity this morning to just, to just gather around your word. And our prayer, Lord, is that you would speak to us a word 
uh, that would penetrate our hearts and that would ch- change, shift something in our lives, Lord God, we pray. Father, let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can understand, see what cannot be seen with natural eyes. Father, let there be nothing in me that hinders this word. We bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom here today. And I thank you for what you will do, that you will speak, that our lives will be changed. Faith is going to be released. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Today we launch our Give Joy campaign as we do every single year. Uh, Christmas is traditionally understood as a season where we talk about happiness and joy and peace. But for a lot of people, uh, they never experience those things in, in, in any of their lives, not generally, let alone Christmas time. So for many people, their goal uh, this Christmas uh, is to get through another day and to decide where am I going to sleep tonight? Where am I going to get my next uh, meal from? For a lot of us, it's stressing about what gifts am I going to buy? It's going to be meaningful, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but for some people, the, the, the only thing they're going to be thinking about this Christmas is where am I going to sleep tonight? Where am I going to get my next meal? And we can be all judgmental about that and self-righteous. Uh, God help us if that's what we're like. But I pray that we would never be like that as a church and that that would never be the spirit of this church. Bible says about the virtuous woman in the book of Proverbs, which to me speaks about the church. It says this, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. What a great scripture. What a, what a powerful scripture. I pray that as a church, we would always open our arms to the poor. That we would acknowledge and recognize that if we are here, that if we have anything, it's by the grace of God. And that we would extend our hands to the needy. Bible also says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. How about that? And he will reward them for what they've done. The generous, Proverbs 22, 9, the generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. The generous shall be blessed because they share their food with the poor. And I could give you hundreds of other scriptures that come out of, out of the word. As a church, we've always done our part at this time of the year, but even throughout the year. Uh, and that's what the Give Joy campaign is all about. So there's a few ways that you can get involved with this. Uh, as you walked in, you're going to f- find some vinyls that are on the floor. And you can, uh, you can scan those. It's going to take you to, a, to, a, to our website where you can give a donation of $20. And we ask as many people to get behind that as, as you can. It's a QR code. And we're all used to QR. We've been QR coded uh, over, the la- over the last few years. We've learned all about that. And so, so simple. Just QR code. It'll take you to a website. You can give $20. Uh, that'll go towards uh, that. You can also uh, donate some non-perishables in the foyer. You'll see a stand. There's a list of things that we're asking for, and, and so uh, get behind that as well. And um, uh, we will be taking an offering on Christmas on Angus, as we always do, that's going to go towards these projects. So all the pre- proceeds uh, that, we, uh, that we collect during this season are going to go towards our Love in Action program, and part of what we do in Love in Action is feed uh, the needy on a Friday night. There's an incredible team that does a job week in and week out in serving the needy. If you're involved with that, we just want to say a big, 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 big thank you. Come on, let's, why don't we give them a hand, those that are involved. Just so proud of the church uh, that gets involved with this. 
I remember when we were looking at the project uh, right at the beginning and thinking, shall we do it? Shall we not? Do we have the resources, not have the resources? Well, let's give it a shot anyway, and let's see what happens. And years and years later, we're still serving on a, on a Friday night. There's an incredible team, even people that come from outside and help serve that, and we, we want to thank you for that. And so the, the offerings that we collect are going to go towards that program and a few other charities, uh, good stuff that people are doing in our community. Let's allow God... Uh, to be a blessing. Let's allow God to use us to be a blessing to our community. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. Let's give some joy. Let's give some love this Christmas. So as we move towards Christmas, I want us to look at a familiar uh, passage of Scripture, story related to Christmas. Uh, we read the story in our text. Magi that came to Jerusalem to see Jesus. They were looking for Jesus. And they saw a star and they followed it. You know, and the truth is, wise people are still searching for Jesus. Uh, and uh, the star uh, led them, uh, and, and, and it stopped over the house where Jesus was. And it was there that they found Jesus. Now, traditionally, when we read the story, um, you know, we think that there were three wise men. Not so. Uh, there probably would have been a whole entourage of people that had come uh, to see Jesus. We also tend to think that they came to the stable where Jesus was born. Whenever you see a nativity scene, you'll usually see, you know, uh, the usual characters are there, and and you'll see the th the three wise men on 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 camels. And so we think that that's when when they came to Jesus. Um, but in reality, that's not necessarily the case at all. Um, uh, the, the, when, when, when the Magi came to Jesus, he was no longer in Bethlehem. He was now in Jerusalem. And most scholars believe that by this stage, Jesus was about two years old. He was a toddler. Can you imagine Jesus as a toddler? It would have been an amazing toddler, Jesus. Uh, one of the most well-behaved, amazing toddlers you've ever seen. Um, the Bible says this, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, uh, Magi came to Jerusalem. They asked, where is he? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. It's what the series name or the title of the series comes from. And on coming to the house, they saw the child and they bowed down and worshipped him. One of the themes that runs throughout the Christmas story is the theme of worship. It's a theme that runs right throughout the Christmas story. Mary's told she'd be the mother of Jesus and she breaks out in song. It's called the Magnificat. I think if, uh, if there was going to be a movie about the birth of Jesus, it would be a musical because there's a lot of songs and a lot of singing in there. And uh, Mary breaks out in song. Uh, then there's a heavenly host that appeared to the shepherds and they praised God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, uh, goodwill to men and peace on earth and so on. The shepherds also worshipped. Elizabeth worshipped uh, when she heard the news that she would be pregnant and so on. And here we have the story of the wise men looking, seeking, searching um, for Jesus. We've come to worship him. And when they found him, how did they express their worship? The Bible says when they found him, they bowed down and worshipped Jesus. I want to speak this Christmas about worship. I want to speak of a few messages. I want, us, I want to remind us as a church of the power of worship. Worship is powerful. Worship is a spiritual weapon. We, I, think, I think we underestimate the power of worship 
uh, as, as a spiritual discipline. We understand prayer, and we're going to be doing that this Wednesday night, fasting and, 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 and so on and so on. But worship is a weapon. It's a spiritual weapon that, 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 I, that I believe is underutilized amongst Christians. Worship brings the presence of God. It's why we spend a whole bunch of time before a service just worshiping and connecting with God and praying and, and seeking God and beginning to sing praise unto God because it, it brings in the presence of God and it shifts our focus to God. It breaks chains. We talked about that last week. It opens prison doors. Can I encourage you to be a worshiper? Don't just worship on Sunday mornings. Be a worshiper. Learn to be a worshiper that worships not just on Sundays, but worships on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and, and every day of the week. And, and I want to encourage you, there's something powerful about corporate worship. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. And the church is singing in unison, something very powerful about that. But learn to be a worshiper. Our worship on Sunday mornings is going to go to another level when all of us learn to worship during the week. When all of us learn to come into the presence of God and begin to sing praise, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what battles you're facing today. I, I, I don't know what you're going through, the complexities and things that don't make any sense in your life today. I just want you to know that the answers are going to be found in the presence of God. One of the things that we can do is begin to praise God, begin to worship God told you before, but I remember a time when I was telling you exactly where I was, just going through a tough time and not making any sense. And I just remember walking and suddenly I just began to worship God. It's like it came out of nowhere. I know it was the Holy Spirit kind of prompting and I just began to worship God. Oh God, I know that you're a good God. Oh God, I just praise you. I just worship you, Lord God. And something began to shift in my heart. Something began to shift in my life. Worship changes things. Worship changes things in the spiritual realm. Never underestimate the power of worship. You know the story about King Jehoshaphat is facing a, a pretty big army. And, and how did they face the army? They faced them with the worshippers. They put the worshippers up first. Go back in the Old Testament and you'll see that many times Israel had to face a battle and, and, and they pray, God, who shall go first? Send Judah, which means worship. Put them up first. Come on, church, never underestimate the power of worship. I don't know what you're going through today, but I want to encourage you. Find some space this week. Block out some time this week and, and put some worship music on. But more than just put the music on, begin to sing and praise and, and seek the face of God. Lord, I love you, Lord God. You're an amazing God. You're a gracious God. You're sovereign. You're above every circumstance and every situation. You're going to see me through in the name of Jesus. I worship you, Lord God. And then when you've got through three minutes of that, it started it again and just keep going in the presence of God until we see some of that heaviness begin to lift. So many ways that we can express our worship. We can clap, sing, we can stand, make music. And one of the other ways we can express our worship is by bowing down before the Lord. It's not the physical act of bowing that's important. Oh, Pastor Joe, I've not bowed down. Maybe, that, maybe that's the thing that's going to give me the breakthrough. It's not bowing. It's not the physical act of bowing. It's that bowing gives our heart a voice. It's that bowing gives our heart an expression. The bowing is an expression of what we're experiencing or feeling in our heart. It's a way to express what's going on in our hearts. Turns out, that the theme of bowing or kneeling before the Lord runs right throughout the Scriptures. 
Psalm 95 says, let us come and bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. Why do we kneel? Because we recognize that he is our God and we are the people of his pasture the flock under his care, the dedication of the temple. The Bible says when Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplications to the Lord, he rose from before the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands spread out towards heaven. Like as I was doing this particular study, I thought, man, I can't believe kneeling and bowing down is, is a theme that runs right throughout Scripture. It's unbelievable. I understand lifting of the hands. We kind of do that in church and, 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 and as part of our worship, but so is bowing down. When Daniel was threatened, the Bible says he went home to, the, to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem three times a day. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Obviously, it was a discipline that Daniel had to, to just come into his presence and bow down. Go to the book of Acts. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. Acts 21, when it was time to leave, um, all including, um, uh, including wives and children accompanied us out of the city. And there on the beach, we knelt to pray. That's a good place to kneel down and pray. Let's go to the beach and kneel down and pray and seek God and crying out to God. And I could give you a ton of other scriptures. What I want to do today is inspire us to worship the Lord. I want to, I want to inspire us to become a church that worships, that understands the power of worship, that in amongst all the disciplines of prayer and fasting and reading the word and being part of the church that we would learn to be a church that worships and you guys already do so well but I, I, I wanted I wanted you to I wanted to extend it outside of these four walls and I want us to learn to be worshipers and I want us to come and understand the power of bowing down before him and worshiping the Lord so what does bowing before the Lord actually mean what does it represent in our lives so I want to kind of do a dive into the scriptures, look at some examples, and hopefully get it, give us a greater understanding of what it means to bow before the Lord. So the first reason why we kneel before the Lord is as worship. It's as worship. It's what the wise men did. They came down. They were. They, they came down. They bowed down and worshipped Jesus, who, by the way, was a couple of years old. But they recognized that he was God, and they worshipped him. In the Psalms, there are seven different Hebrew words used to describe praise. Uh, each word gives us a different perspective on praise. One of those words is the word barak. Everybody say barak. You know, say with a bit of, you know, barak, you know. Um, barak embodies the notion of bowing or kneeling before God, uh, of blessing and adoring Him, of recognizing one's position in relation to Him. So the kneeling is a recognition of who God is, of, of, of the fact that he's the creator of the heavens, that he's sovereign, that he is Lord, and we bow down in relation to him. Let me give you some examples uh, of the word Barak as it's used throughout the Psalms. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name and Barak his name and bow down before and worship him before his, his name. It's a psalm of praise and thanksgiving. The idea is that of falling to your knees in adoration and gratitude and worship. Enter in his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Now, it's really important to understand that 
it's, it's the temple terminology. And uh, the temple was divided into sections. You had the outer court and then you had the holy of holies. And, and, and uh, sorry, you had the holy place. Then inside that you had the holy of holies and, and only the priest could go in. But how can we enter into the most holy place? Enter his courts, his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. It's praise that enables us to enter into the presence of God. Give thanks to him. And bow down before him in praise and in worship. The word Barak is used over 209 times in the Psalms. And, and every time it's used, it's, it's used to, to describe falling on our knees in reverence to God. Psalm 72. Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him and he shall live. And the gold of Sheba uh, shall be given to him. Prayer will also be made for him continually. And daily he shall be Barak praised and daily we're going to bow down and worship him. What about Psalm 103? We all, we all sing a song that comes out of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, all my soul. Praise the Lord, all my soul, all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul and forget not all his benefits. The word praise there is the word Barak. It's bow down before him in worship. Praise the Lord. L-O-R-D, there it is, it's in capital, which is the name for God, it's Yahweh. So it's bow down before God, before Yahweh, the self-existent one. My, my soul, all my inmost being, praise His holy name, um, and forget not all His benefits. Psalm 103 verse 20, praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His bidding, who obey His word. Praise the Lord, all His heavenly hosts, you His servants who do His will. Praise the Lord, all His works everywhere, in his dominion, praise the Lord, my soul. Bow down and worship him. There's a sense where all things are commanded to bow down before God. And angels and heavenly hosts and worshipers were commanded to just come before the Lord and, and bow down in reverence unto God. Again, it's not about the physical bowing down, but the bowing is a reflection of what's happening in our heart. That he is the creator of all things. Um, that he is the sovereign Lord. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a reverence for the holiness of God. And we, we, we kind of don't do this in our culture. You know, it's not the kind of thing we do to bow down to each other. We, 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 we don't generally do that. Some cultures they do. They kind of, you know, they, they, there's, this, there's this sense of, you know, some, sometimes people will come and say hello to me and because and they know I'm a pastor, they'll, they'll bow down. You know, they'll go like this, you know, and I go, oh, it's not bad. You know what I mean? She's going to teach that to our church. You just, I say, could you just go a little bit lower? That would be really nice, you know, just let's go. It's, it's even more powerful, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, but, but some cultures do it. What, what's it done? It's done out of respect. It's done in recognition that this person is, 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 a, is, is a person uh, that, that is higher than me in some way. Uh, I need to respect them. A, it's a parent. It's a grandparent. It's, it's an official. It's, it's someone that's important. And, um, and, and, and so we, we bow down out of respect. That's the sense of what the Scriptures are saying. When we bow down to God, it's a recognition that, that He is Lord, that He is above everything. And so we bow down to Him in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? amen? Well, I'll expect to see you bowing down when I say hello to you next time. Second reason why we kneel before the Lord is to seek after God. 
Gospel of Mark tells us that there was a wealthy man. He had everything, but he was missing something. Come on, you know this story. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? What a powerful Christian. Same question we looked at last week. What must I do to be saved? And I tell you, that's, it's one of the most powerful questions that we can ask. And Jesus has a conversation with this man. And he says, you know, you've got to observe the commandments. and Because uh, that's the religi- religious answer to, 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 to having eternal life. Serve the, you know, just uh, obey the commandments. And Jesus says that to him. He says, have you observed all the commandments? You know, and he goes through the commandments. And, the, and you can see the man as he's listening to, oh, man, he's, he was encouraged. He was, he was on top of the world. He, you know, he, the man said, I've done this since I was a boy. So, you know, he's thinking, I'm in because I followed the rules since I was a boy. And then Jesus says to him, he's, he's kind of set him up really bad. You know, like he's, he's kind of, he's drawing him in. I just love the way Jesus taught. I just love the way he did things, you know. Because uh, you could see that this guy was pretty self-righteous, you know. Kind of looked down to everybody else. They were sinners. Oh, not him. He obeyed the commandments since he was a boy. And Jesus, perceiving in this in him, says, well, have you obeyed the command? Oh, I have since I was a boy. And now Jesus got him. This poor guy, mate, he was just, he, he didn't see what was coming. And then Jesus says to him, now go and sell everything that you have and follow me. But the Bible says he went away sad because he was wealthy. Because he was wealthy. Did Jesus need his money? Was, was, was things a bit tight that week? Not at all. What Jesus was showing him was that he had broken the first commandment. He loved his money more than he loved God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. That's the first and greatest command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, mind and strength. And here he was. He went away sad because he loved his money more than he loved God. But I want you to, I want you to just, that's, that's the lesson in the story. But I, but I just, I just want, you, I want you to notice something. I want, I want you to notice the posture of the man. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. It was, was he genuine? I believe he was genuine. Did he want a genuine answer to the question? I believe he was genuine. He wanted the answer. What must I do to have eternal life? And he comes and, and kneels before God. It was, a, it was a posture of his heart. I want to know the answer to this question. And maybe there are some of you today who believe in God, but you, 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 you maybe you, you're not a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're not even sure if God really exists. If God is real, if eternity is real. If that's you, can I, can I just encourage you? Just to come before God. It's the posture of the heart. Yes, you can kneel before the Lord, but, but you, you, know, you can kneel but still be standing on the inside. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it's the posture of the heart. Just come and kneel in the presence of God. Humble yourself before God. And say, Father, I, want, I just want to know if you're real. Just reveal yourself. Kneel in pursuit. And when you do, God, God's gonna re- God is going to speak to you. He, he always reveals himself to people that seek after him. It's like the magic. We're looking for Jesus. We're looking for Jesus. 
I know he's here somewhere with, with following Jesus. And I tell you what, what, what God does. He, he always responds to people that seek after him. There's always going to be a star that you're going to find. He's always going to provide a star that you can follow so that then you find Jesus. It's the way he works. He loves you. He cares about you. He knows the questions that are in your heart and he wants to provide an answer for those questions. But all he's looking for is a heart that is open to him. God was, Jesus was not after this man's money. Jesus was after his heart. He doesn't care about our money. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, doesn't need your money. He wants, he wants our hearts. Love the Lord your God with all your hearts. Soul, mind, and strength. And so as he comes and kneels before him, Jesus responds. Jesus will respond to anyone who comes, who genuinely seeks after God. Number three, kneeling is a, is a way of repenting before God. At times when we displease God, sin against God, greatest thing that we can do is repent. There's a great example of this in Luke chapter 5. Simon was a fisherman and he'd been fishing all night and caught nothing. Not unusual for fishing. That was a joke. Help me out here. Jesus says, why don't you know? Why don't you throw the net on the other side? And I, you know the story. I know if I was Peter, I would have thought, hello, I'm a fisherman. You're a carpenter, you know. Um, Simon says to Jesus, I love this scripture. It's a powerful scripture. Because you can kind of see what's going on in Peter's mind. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, at your word. Pastor Joe, how do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus said, throw the nets on the... By the way, I've tried that many, many times. I've gone from one side of the jetty to the other side of the jetty to the other... Then there's another guy up further up. He's catching all the fish. I go sit next to them. Nothing, 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 nothing. I've uh, tried it all before. Just go to the fish shop and get a kilo of fish and take it home. And you, Anyway, um, I, I just love Peter. He says, Master, we've toiled on... Master, what you're saying makes no sense to my human mind. But nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. So Simon threw the net the other side and he catches a great fish. And the Bible says when Simon and Peter realized what had happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too, I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. Here's the thing. All of us will sin from time to time in our lives. And we can excuse it, blame it. We can deny the reality of it, but none of that's going to help us. The greatest thing that we can do is just come before the Lord and fall on our knees. The Bible says if we confess our sins to God, He's just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He knows that we are just dust, that we are formed. He knows who we are. Don't, don't deny, don't blame. Just go before the Lord. Just bow before the Lord in repentance and you will be forgiven Bible's, there's a song that we sing at Christmas, Oh Holy Night, and there's a, there's, a, there's a line there that says, fall on your knees. Fall on your knees. It's the greatest thing that we can do is just fall on our knees in submission to God in recognition of who he is. Fourth reason why we kneel is in submission. 
One of the things that stops so many people from coming to the Lord is control. The idea of submitting to God is about giving up control to him. And, you know, I, 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 we don't like to give anyone control. We want full control ourselves. Um, but that, it's, it's a way, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a posture of submission to God. And, you know, there's a great example of this in the life of Jesus. He's about to go on the cross. He's about to die. He knows that. And so he, um, he goes to Gethsemane with his uh, disciples, Peter, James, and John. And, and the Bible says he withdrew about a stone's throw away. And then he knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, but not my will, yours will be, your will be done. Can I encourage you? The greatest thing that you can do is surrender to God. Surrender your will to God. Surrender to the Lord. Uh, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Never be afraid to surrender to the Lord because he will bless you. He, you'll experience life and life in abundance. Your picture of life or your picture or your vision for your life is way below what he sees in your life. Never be afraid of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It means put God first, surrender to God and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will enable you to live a life that you just dreamed of living. Surrender your life to Jesus. It's, it's, it's a posture of surrender to God. Lord, you created me. Father, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You have a plan and a purpose for my life. And I sur surrender to that. Man, man, if we could just understand what that, that would look like. And then finally, we kneel in desperation. We kneel in desperation. Bible says, now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Matthew 17, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So here we have two examples of prayer. One is, Someone praying for their own need. And here we have someone interceding on behalf of someone else. Oh, Father, would you move? Oh, Lord, would you do something? The Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion. So, Pastor Joe, are you saying this is the formula? I mean, if I just kneel, then I'm going to get what I want? Not necessarily. Because um, I certainly don't want to. Move you emotionally and say, here it is. Here's the key. Kneel, you know. <laughs> oh, okay, done. No, that's not what it is. But there may be times in our lives where we've got no idea what to do next. We've tried. We've tried hard. We don't know what to do next. We're, we're right at the end of the rope. We, we've begged. We've done this. We've done that. We've tried so many different things. And we feel like we hit a wall. It's in those times that as a sign of the desperation in our hearts, we can come and just bow down before Him. That's beautiful. 
It's beautiful, especially when you combine it with, with Jesus' prayer who said, hey, Lord, you know, if it's possible, help me with this. But you know what? Ultimately, I surrender to your will, Lord God. I, w- I want you to know I'm not coming here out of, out of a formula. I'm coming here just as a, as a, as a, as a condition of my heart, as a, as a reflection of what's happening inside of me. I'm just going to kneel before you, Lord God. You can see what's before me, Lord. Would you help me, Lord? Guide me, lead me, speak. The Bible tells the story of the wise men. Looking, searching, seeking for the Messiah. We're looking for Jesus. I don't exactly know where He is. I know He's, where we're, we're looking, we're searching for Jesus. And when they found Him, they worshipped Him. How did they worship Him? Bible is really clear. It's what I love about the text. It's why I like preaching from the text. How did they worship Him? They could have chosen so many different ways to worship Him. He's a toddler. They could have, they could have found so many different ways to worship Him. They bowed down before Him. And and it spoke volumes about what was happening inside of, inside of these men. It spoke volumes about them. Again, it's not the physical act of bowing that's important. It's that bowing gives our heart a voice. It's that bowing gives our heart a way to express what's inside of it. It's the same with lifting our hands. It's not the lifting of the hands that changes, but it gives our heart an expression, a physical expression. And each, each action tells us something. And you know, from time to time, we may be prompted by the Spirit to just come and bow down before Him. Psalmist says, come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Will you stand with me? We're going to sing a song in just a moment. I just love the fact that we're in the presence of God. I could preach for another 20 minutes and give you more scriptures and more stuff, more Hebrew words, uh, some Greek as well. Why don't we go for some Greek as well? Just really impress you with how many numbers and, and stuff. And all of that's good, by the way. I love that stuff. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can eat that stuff. I love, I love the word. But there's a time to hear and then there's a time to do. And there are some of you here today Maybe the Holy Spirit is, I don't know what you're going through, but maybe the Spirit is prompting you to kneel before the Lord. And I want to give you an opportunity. I, I'm, 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 I'm listening to this sermon. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. I say, well, I can't, I can't just preach a sermon like this without an opportunity. Oh, to just kneel before the presence of God. And it might be you're going through a really difficult time. It's just a bowing before the Lord. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Hey, why not bow down before Him today and surrender to the Lord? Maybe, 
Maybe there's other things in your life. Maybe, maybe you just want to come and worship Him. It's a recognition. You're sovereign, I'm not. You're God and I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to bow down before you in reverence. So we're going to sing a song. Chris is going to lead us uh, in a song. And, and here's what we're going to do. Um, there are some of you, 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 may, you don't have to do this, but where you are, you may just want to kneel right where you're standing. And, you know, you just want to, hey, Pastor John, I'm just going to kneel right where I'm standing. And if that's you, let's be free to do that. There's some of you, you might actually want to come to the front just quickly and, and, uh, and just kneel here at the altar, um, just as a, as a sign of what's happening in your life right now. Um, if, it's not for everybody. It's only for some. So, and if that's you, let's just allow the Holy Spirit to move in our lives because something happens. It's not the action, but something happens. It gives God an opportunity. It's the woman with the issue of blood. And she says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she didn't have to touch anything. She could have just talked to Jesus. That's it. That's all she needed. But it was in the, it's in the movement, in the action. That faith was released. And sometimes it's, it's in the doing that faith can be released and God begin to move. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit is going to move amongst us. My prayer more than ever on a Sunday morning is that we just don't get moved intellectually, but that, that we give room for the Holy Spirit to actually move and do something and speak and touch and, 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 and set some people free from stuff. You could be healed this morning in the name of Jesus. You can be set free from whatever it is is, is keeping you bound this morning. It can happen today. Strongholds in your head that are holding you down. You could be set free this morning. And I want to believe for that in Jesus' name. Because when two or three people gather together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. He's present here today. And I just want you to imagine the, 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 the man just, just with, with leprosy coming in and just bowing before you. If you're willing, you can. And Jesus says, I'm willing. Moved with compassion. He ministers to him. I pray that the Lord would minister to us. So we're going to sing a song. And then if you feel to kneel right where you're standing, do so. If you want to come forward, feel free to do that as well. And then we're going to wrap it up in, in prayer today. Thank you. Amen. Lord, we just want you to know that we love you. We love you, Lord. We don't have a plan B or a plan C. We just love you, Father. Lord, you saw the hearts of your people this morning, Lord God. You know every individual, every emotion, every thought, the desperation, the heartache, the challenges. Just pray, reach out by the Spirit of God. Those who, Father, have a hard heart towards you, I pray that there would be a, an open door to know you and to worship you. And so, Father, we want to glorify you in everything that we do. And we will praise you and honor you, Father God. So we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen.